Hello and welcome, fellow creatives. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging and inspiring you to keep creating. Thanks for joining us on this journey to explore all things creative. I'm Derek Wagner. And I'm Riley Peterson. And this is the Living Creativity Podcast. Hey there, creatives. In this episode, we're going to start the conversation with a common mindset, which is that creativity is only reserved for artists. Uh, In this, we're going to share our own stories, and we're going to dive into the reasons why we believe this is not the case. Thank you so much for listening. All right, let's get to the show. Hey, so I've got a question. Hit me. I wanted to start off with this. Do you think that creativity is only reserved for people like artists? You know, this is a really good question. I love this question. And, you know, it's a really complex question. Might take us a long time to unpack this. No, absolutely not. No, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) of course not. No. And that's, that's the wonderful thing about creativity uh, for me is that, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm pursuing it, you know, in like a, a kind of professional way, like hoping to, Uh, show up, do the work that I need to do in order to make the novels that I'm working on as good as they can be so that I can, you know, sell them and people can read them and, and enjoy it. So hopefully that can become like a, a career path for me. However, like up until, you know, recently it's just been like a passion project, you know, there's creativity for me is like the thing that got me through high school. (laughs) <laughs> it's like right yeah, yeah it's like middle school and high school i was constantly engaged in creativity it was either uh you know writing the first story that i ever wrote you know if anyone listening heard my story back in episode one then you're familiar with this binder i was just packing around writing you know or you know being in the yeah, band if, you haven't, you, if you haven't listened to episode one go listen to it and then you can listen to it yes <laughs> yes in fact if you're just now tuning in you have to pause this and hit the whole backlog yeah. and then come back now <laughs> yeah thanks for joining us <laughs> anyway yeah <laughs> um yeah dude i just like just being able to as a just a regular kid engage with creativity that was huge for me just in terms of getting through the drudgery of high school and mm-hmm. um through the difficult times that you go through as kids you know and uh yeah th- I, I don't know i couldn't imagine if if creativity was exclusively like a a thing for artists whatever yeah. that means or like certain people have it yeah, yeah. Right. I think Certain I think creative creativity is something that anyone can engage in if they want to. And I think that most yep. people engage in it whether or not they're realizing it. Yes. What's your take I, on it though? Uh, oh, dude, I 100% agree. Ooh, this is going to be I a asked, controversial episode. <laughs> this is going to be a really tough. Put, put your dukes up, Riley. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I completely agree. And something profound that I heard the other day was your very existence is a creative act. Right. Which was, yes, I'm going to say it. It was from the book, the creative act by Rick Rubin. Dude, just the first like introduction blew me away. I know. I just listened to the first, you know, or, you know, I didn't read it. I listened to it the first five minutes and I'm like, what the, 
I know. I'm going up right now. (laughs) That entire book, uh, anyone who knows anything about music would know Rick Rubin. uh, And Mm. his whole entire, like, it's like the entire book is just um, like proverbs from Rick Rubin or something talking about creativity and like his perspective on it. And it was, it's so interesting because like, he either is talking fairly specifically from what I remember about like, you know, music or being in the studio or something like that. Or he's talking very broadly just about like creativity or creatives or artists like writ large. And it's so fun just listening to that and being inspired. That was such a great book to to listen to. Yeah. I haven't even gotten very far. Yeah. And I'm just like, I need to stop. And that's what I do. Cause when there's book, when it's books like that, I can only take like 10 or 15 minutes and I have yeah. to stop it. I probably should do that, but I get yeah. so I'm like, like, Oh, I want more. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. I, like there's a part of me that does yeah. want more. And I'm like, I just want to keep going, but I've realized I can't retain that. Like there's so much to yeah. unpack. Yeah. Just that small section. I, I, I let it sit for, I basically I'm digesting it for the yeah. day. And then I'm able to come back at it again in the morning and listen to the next section. And it, it is uh, how my I've I don't know it just works for me. So That's fantastic. Well, I'm I'm excited yeah. that you're reading it because uh, I I read it or listened to it like you are, and I found it to be very inspiring and just insightful and fun and uh, you know Rick Rubin seems to be one of those people that is deeply deeply like in tune with like the intuitive side of the creative process. Yes. And it's just meeting those people or, or hearing uh, perspectives from those people mm-hmm. are so fun because it almost feels to me like he is like in touch with something to a greater degree, like than I am. And so I'm like trying to, you know, absorb whatever it is that, that he's putting out because it's like, well, he's in touch with that, that thing, whatever it is. Well, yeah, even in the what first chapter, first introduction, whatever, he yeah. just talked about some people are have a much more sensitive, have a greater sensitivity, you know, like a great, you know, it's more sensitive antenna or antennae to the creative process and that it's out there and it's somebody is going to essentially download it and use it. Yeah. And, and that's why there seems to be trends and phases of like this it's it's a thing that which is just wild to me it's a thing that comes in waves yeah like, you know, certain decades are very you know distinguished like from others you know, even this like the 70s 80s 90s 60s whatever like the, they're so distinguished and even the style was different the music was different there's just certain aspects that have like a, a creative wave that was so different for each decade and this is just in the last you know what 60 years right which is wild 60 70 years so i i'm just trying to i'm trying to figure out how to tie this back in so right so so that my, i was actually gonna try to tie it in for you if, if i may um hopefully it's it's out there and some people are more sensitive to it than others right but i think that like you mentioned the the kind of sort of antennae that that different individuals have. And I think that everyone has them. Like everyone's got some sort of way to receive the signal. It just, it's like, what is your 
I don't know exactly what the right way to say it is, but like how, how, how big is your antenna that you can uh, receive it? And like, how clear is that signal coming in? And, and for whatever reason, some people are just, you know, equipped with the sort that can pick up on those signals to a greater degree than others. And I'm not really sure why that is. Um, I, I know that it has something to do with personality has something to do with like your biological makeup. But that being said, I don't know. I do think I, I do think everybody has it and I do think everyone's tapping into it to, to varying degrees. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, I think we've mentioned it, this, this kind of verbiage on the podcast before, but just the idea of the everyday creative, you know, and, and I love that because the fact is of when it comes to creative work, the vast majority of creativity goes unmonetized. You know, it's, no one's right. paying for 99% of the creative work that's been being done because not all of it's for sale. Some of it's just, you know, for the creative themselves or for whoever's doing it, you know, it's for a particular purpose. Um, and yeah, it's not, right. not supposed to be available, but, um, I don't know. It's just interesting to me to think about it like that. And I think it's fun because it makes, um, like the whole, it blows it wide open, which I think is incredibly fun. You know, it, we can get so boxed into thinking about creativity or, or anything else really in, in a very specific way. And yep. I mean, that's something about, uh, creativity itself, right. Is, is the ability to look outside the box. And, and so I love that the idea that like you can't box creativity because it kind of just escapes the box and it shows up in whatever form that it can, you know, we're familiar yeah. with creativity in these ways that we've become accustomed to experiencing it. But even you and I, you know, you with music or me with writing, it's like, I'm probably so focused on writing as my medium for experiencing creativity that I'm like blinding myself to all the other ways that either there's opportunities to experience creativity that I'm just not paying attention to or that I'm actually engaging in, but I'm just not recognizing it in that moment. Because again, I'm thinking about it through the lens of I'm a writer. This is my, my way to interact with creativity. So I think this would be a great opportunity for us to attempt, yeah, attempt to get a, like come up with understanding and ideas of how we personally are actually engaging in creativity in our everyday life. Sure. That's outside of our, you know, craft or art. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because, geez, man, I mean, I think, yeah, it just kind of comes back to that whole thing that I said earlier when I was saying like your very existence, your very existence in life is creativity. You're existing. Right. Like how you live your life is complete is different than anyone else. Right. I think one of the things that defines creativity is like, you know, this idea of, of doing something that hasn't been done before or doing Mm -hmm. something that's not necessarily typical or, um, you know, like like, I'm, I'm connecting it to what you just said, because none of us live our lives identically to one another. Right. And so by definition, we're all actively engaged in, creativity because of that but additionally i think in like just like in the actual pragmatic ways that we're making choices you know that's an act of creativity because you're creating your own path in life you're creating your own 
uh, story as it were. And so I think that, uh, you know, any, for me, that's just kind of how I think about, think about it when I look at it broadly, but in terms of like the specifics, I don't know, what would you say is, is something that a way that you're using creativity in your everyday life that's outside of music? Yeah, I would say I have a lot of examples. The first example I have is parenting, Mm. how I relate to my kids, how I interact with my kids, um, how I let there be, how I try to direct them and lead them and teaching them like consequences and like there's there's so much creativity in that there's also a lot of i don't knows (laughs) like i don't know what to do here but but there's just times where i'm like i need i need something that's just kind of off the wall different and it'll happen i'm yeah one of the things that happens for me personally is like letting them like almost like letting them fail yeah it, which is which sounds harsh, but there's something in that that's such a beautiful lesson to learn. Like when it's like, "Hey, can I help you with this?" or "Hey, what if we did it this way?" And they're like, "No, we're gonna do it. I want to do it my way." And it's like, okay. And you know, it's not. I don't know if it's completely creative per se, but in that moment, I could be like, "Well, no. Let me tell you why it's better if we do it my way." Like if I explain it to you, you'd probably be like, okay, dad, we'll do it that way. But there's something beautiful in letting them learn that and letting them, okay, try. Let's see what, let's see, let's try your way, see what happens and, and letting them see how that, like, oh, okay, that, that didn't work. Yeah. And then let's figure out why. Let's find out why that didn't work. Yeah. Well, let's you're, you're engaging in a, like a problem solving process right there, which is yeah. inherently creative, I think. Um, yeah, I I think that's one of the things that we can mistake as something that isn't creative by nature, but that actually is because, um, I don't, I've seen my, my wife is an incredible problem solver. I don't know. She's, she's got the ability to like, she sees a problem and she can, you know, navigate it really quickly to figure out how to do that in ways that often surprise me in ways that I definitely can't. So shout out to to Melinda, way to go, babe. Yeah, <laughs> but um, way to rock, way to rock, man. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I really do think that like just the problem solving domain itself is a creative thing, and that's I mean fundamentally, oh, yeah. I think what parenting is is right. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, now my kid is behaving this way. Let's figure out what's going on there and why that yep. is, and you know you have to like work through it, and you know it's it can be really tricky and. You have to, one of the things I think that defines uh, good parenting is that you don't get locked into a particular strategy, right? You have to kind of figure yes. out what works. You know, I, I fall prey to the mistake all the time of, oh, well, you know, this worked with my my oldest kid, so it should work mm-hmm. with, you know, the second kid and the third kid. And it's like, no. oh, okay, you have to get creative and figure out, okay, it's not just you know, you have a formula and apply it across the board. It's like that right. kid had a particular need that you had to meet and you had to figure out, you know, what worked. Right. Kid number two, totally different kid. Totally and different needs, just, totally different ways to yeah, solve. I, I, yeah. I really attach to patterns when I see them. And so I'm like, yep. oh, I know that now I'm familiar with it. Right. It was, it yeah. was my, that was my experience too. Like just having the one kid, right. Is like, oh, he finally 
started, you know, this is his daily pattern or like during nap time, this is what he does. And every time I thought I had a grasp on that pattern, it's like a day later it would change. And so it's like (laughs) creativity is like demanded of you, I think as a parent. So it is, um, Ooh, that's really good, man. I would, I would have really agree with that. Yeah. Parenting demands creativity or you're flailing essentially. Well, yeah, you do because then you get locked into the kind of same patterns of your own behavior that you often don't even recognize that you're engaged in because we're so externally focused oftentimes, Um, especially when your kid's running around like, you know, ripping their diaper off and screaming and whatever else. It's like, yeah, spitting on the window. Never forget that. Um, Yeah. So at any rate, I think it's interesting to, uh, to think about it in that way, because a, I think, I think that we are often forced by, by life and by our particular situations to be creative or that's when you fail, right? Like when you're, we were talking about your kids failing earlier, you know, failing is, is one of the best things that we can allow our kids to do. It's one of the best things that we can do ourseles. And it, Sounds yeah. counterintuitive because none of us like to fail. I like one of the things that I hate the most is feeling like I failed, you know, oh, for like sure. when I've come up against the end of my ability and I've got literally no more to give to, to something, it, it just kills me. I hate it. But looking at failure as a way to engage with creativity, I think is a way not only just emotionally through that failure, but also a way to actually level up and a way to, to figure out, okay, what I've been doing isn't working. What can I do differently? Right. And that engages your, your creative mind a little bit. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to reference my, my pops, my dad again in this, but failure is when you give up. Right. Yeah. Right. And we, and maybe we need to re word the term failure into oh this is an obstacle yeah yeah right that obstacle you know it's in my way but like you're saying i'm kind of using kind of jumping off your analogy of the, the leveling up you can use it as a stepping stone yeah or you can like lie down next to it and like okay just let it crush me and i i give up right absolutely or you can just sit there in front of it and do nothing for for the rest of your life. I mean, you know, there's, uh, you have options to give up, but there's once so many you options to give up, right. But once you're like, Hey, I want to actually, how, what do I learn from this? You do get to use it as a platform or use it as a way to stepping stone to level up and get to the next plateau of your life. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry to interrupt, but no, I no, to share I that. was going to interrupt you. Thank you for stopping me from doing that. Um, I just got excited because, uh, it reflected back to me one of the fundamental principles principles of storytelling that I've become deeply familiar with. Um, it's so so. Let me nerd out for for all of you for just a quick second here. Um, one of the 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 craft uh, pieces, or how did you put that? One of the places where I've learned a lot about craft is from uh, this story grid, uh, place. And I'd I'd recommend story grid to any writers, by the way, that are interested in trying to get a better grasp on, uh, craft. But one of the essential things that story grid teaches is the five commandments of storytelling, which include a, uh, turning point, progressive complication. Right. And so basically 
something happens that, that puts your main character of your story off balance. That's your inciting incident. That's the yeah. thing that kind of kicks off the scene or the story. And they are going to react to that with basically whatever strategies or tactics that they have available to them based on their own previous experiences, you know, or their own personality yeah. or preferences, whatever. So right. then they're going to keep going at the, this new problem with those same old tools and yep. what archaic, yes, they're these archaic tools and okay. they're going to basically run up against failure multiple times. They're going to run up against uh, difficulty and obstacles and complications to, to achieving their goal, which is solving the problem. The turning point progressive complication is the final moment where it's like, Hey, I actually need to kind of realize here that this isn't working anymore. You know, for whatever reason, these tools that I've had, these uh, skills that I've developed, they don't work for this. So I need to figure out how to do something different. Right. And that's, that's an essential part of storytelling is, is bringing your your, your character to that crisis moment where they have to, you know, they've got two options in front of them either you know two uh you know you have to pick the best of two bad choices or you have two irreconcilable good choices right so it's like a literal bifurcation in the road and you have to say okay i have to either let's say double down on on the way that i've been going and see where that takes me or i have to set aside my pride my ego my you know yeah. whatever is holding me back and explore this new option right and whatever, that's go ahead oh and that's kind of what Isaac was referring to last time we were talking was about upgrades. Yeah. Right. This is the, that's, that's like your opportunity to upgrade. Absolutely. You yeah. So choose it. And that's, so that's why it works in storytelling is that that's a kind of a fundamental principle of life, right? As we all go through our day-to-day lives, kind of just live in the status quo of our life, whatever that is. And then something yeah you know, will knock us off balance. You know, you wake up in the morning and, you know, your kid wet the bed, right? Ah, now I've, I'm, I'm knocked off balance. That wasn't how I wanted my morning to go. I didn't expect it to go that right. way. And that, yeah. you know, stops you and you have to kind of decide, okay, like, what am I going to do? How am I going to choose to react to this? This is an obstacle yeah. and I have to figure out, you know, what to do with that. And so you're left with the choice, you know, do I... You know, and it, that's the low stakes version for storytelling people that, you know, probably wouldn't be the perfect one to make a great scene. But, um, you know, it's it's like a micro example of how we live these kind of five commandments out in our lives. And then whatever choice we make on, on you know, kind of the two options before you are handle it this way or handle it this way. You know, what are you going to do? Are you going to do it? Like, are you going to get frustrated or, you know, throw your hands up and feel defeated or, you know, hurt your kids feelings by, you know, like, why'd you pee the bed again? Or are mm-hmm. you going to, you know, be gentle? You're going to be kind, you know, those, those are mutually exclusive options. You can't do both. Right. Yeah. So you have to pick and whatever you pick is going to determine how that story, that micro story resolves. And so that's, that's life, dude. Like that's, yeah. And that it is totally look, life. applying that to like everyday life has kind of helped me. And a lot of times just like, find ways to be creative and solve problems. Right. Because you'll, mm. I think just having like the meta awareness of, of like, Oh, okay. This is just like a little mini story that's unfolding in front of me and 
how do I respond in that moment? If I'm the protagonist of my life, you know, the agency is with me to choose. What do I do? You know? Yeah, that's really good. I like how you said the meta view, you know, and that's so true. It's so hard because I get stuck in those moments often, especially when I'm parenting where I'm just so like involved in that moment and in the, in the emotional aspect of it. Right. Of how I'm feeling or how they're feeling. And man, if you, you know, being able to pull out and widen out and see the meta view, like, okay, this is a story and I have options. I accept choices in, in, right now. Um, you know, and, and I like to use the, the term default. Mm. Okay. That's my default. My default is, you know, I throw my hands up and I just say, you know, oh, you guys are so frustrating and blah, blah, blah. Like just complain and, and, you know, not, or tell them, oh, you need to do better. And it's not encouraging. It's not loving or kind. Um, that's just where I'm at. And that's my default. And what my goal is to be able to, you know, use my self-agency to say, okay, I know what my default is, but I also know what I want to do in these mm -hmm. situations. And I want to redirect the story um, because I have, you know, encountered a turning point in my story where I'm like, this isn't working. Yeah. Am I going to wait until there's this climactic blow up, uh, climactic place in my life where I'm going to have a turning point? Or can I learn from the other turning points in my life where yeah. I've had huge climactic buildups that have imploded and exploded and say, okay, you know what? No, I'm going to take, I'm going to do it now. And I'm going to use my self agency and I'm going to essentially, I don't know what the term is really rewrite the story, but I'm going to write a new script right. to this. Yeah. And we're going to we'll do, we're going to do this differently. And it may not be the best way, but at least it's different. Yeah. Yeah. And, see what comes of it and maybe some some aspects that are like oh that was really good but that part wasn't and then you just re you you iterate and you do it again and you, you know when it, the next encounter is and so those are my thoughts on that yeah just, that's that's I can't, uh, yeah, I kind of relate back to my life like that no no so. that's that's perfect because that's i think that's such a useful perspective personally and, and maybe someone else might not find it as useful and you know, if, if anyone listening has has like a tactic that they work for applying uh, creativity in their life or or anything like that, yes. by the way, let us know. You can contact us in the uh, any one of the ways in the the show notes. Um, but that being said, I don't know. For me, it's it's like finding ways to reframe life. You know, we we've talked with Isaac before about perspective, right? And just kind of yeah. changing our own perspective. And and I think that that's a huge part of creativity. I, I that yeah, being able to get into a different perspective, I think, is one of the reasons why creativity is so powerful because mm -hmm. it it shifts us out of our own default, like you said, right? And if you're talking yep. about just everyday life, right? You know, even something as mundane, I feel as just like making breakfast, you know, you can yep. stick with like your default attitude about it. You can stick with your default behavior. But I think that t switching your perspective and being like, you know, I have to do breakfast every day. I might as well do this with as much joy and as much love and excitement. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not good at that because morning's going to be a little bit rough for me. But, oh, for sure. <laughs> but with three little kids. Yeah. yeah. But trying to take that 
that default and and switching it off, switching it on to a new perspective. It's like, you know, Hey, I'm excited to be here because this is another moment that I get to make memories with my kids. This is another moment that I get to, you know, just enjoy being a dad and enjoy being a husband and and having this moment with my family, you know, and it, the, applying that mindset, uh, mindset shift, excuse me, is, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's huge. And, th- and that is an act of creativity for me. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good, man. I think that I wrote down creativity is perspective shifting. Mm. Like that's perspective shifting is creativity. Like it is 100% because you, you have, and that's essentially creativity in and of itself is looking at something in a different way. Yeah. Saying, well, if you, seeing the beauty in it, right? Right. <laughs> we talked about that. In our last episode, yeah, it's like, yeah, the beauty, like how, how do you see the beauty when there's someone who's been, you know, had a rough life, been abused or has, um, just really horrible deck of cards, you know, or de- a ha- horrible, um, terrible hand, uh, given to them in life. And it's like, man, how do you see the beauty in that? Yeah. But you can, you can, you still can. And that's, it's beautiful. It's, it's amazing. And you know, even just using your breakfast example, the thing that I try to do and I'm not doing a good job and I, and I want to get better at is like first thing in the morning is essentially saying, thank you, God, that I get to live one more day. Right. Yeah. Having that mentality, like I didn't, I didn't die last in my sleep last night. Um, the world didn't explode. The sun's still shining. The, the sun didn't, you know, burn out or burn out. <laughs> the sun didn't, you know, stop blowing up and it's, you know, not putting out heat anymore. Like it, the sun's still, still shining. We're still in at the perfect amount of distance from the sun. We're not too close and we're not too far. Like life is still, it's still going. Like we're still here. And I'm, I can, I, I want to have that mentality. Like I'm so thankful that I get to have another day not knowing if tomorrow's going to come. Yeah. Like I think there is such a humility and a thankfulness in that, that when you encounter, you know, people talking back or you encounter disrespect or you encounter bad, bad attitudes or people whining or whatever, like you just like, Hey, you know, it's not, I'm just grateful that I get to be around you. Yeah. You know, I'm grateful that I get to help you through this moment. Like, ugh, I would love to be able to, get into that my that headspace first thing in the morning oh man that would be and then maintain it yeah and then yeah and then you're cooking sorry i didn't i didn't get to the breakfast part but yes maintain it and as you're cooking breakfast like hey i've never (laughs) i've never mixed hash browns and eggs together before let's try that i get to be creative right yeah yeah different like i've never tried that so I'm, i'm gonna do that and yeah or i've never added milk to my eggs so i'm gonna try that like i don't know just you right. get to, you really get to creativity, just doing things a little differently and exploring essentially and yeah. seeing things. Exploration. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fundamentally what, what creative people are doing, right? Yes. It's just exploring an idea or exploring a sound, exploring, you know, paint. What, what, what it's like when you mix red and blue. Yeah. What happens? Yeah. What happens? It goes back to, I think before we talked about what if, right? Yeah. What if, what if I did yeah. this? I don't know. Let's see what happens. Yeah. What, 
what happens if I mix this in with this? Will my plants grow bigger? Yeah. Like people who garden or people who are into growing flowers or whatever. Yeah. What happens if I, I mean, it's everywhere. I mean, it is, it's everywhere. I mean, if you think about it too, in terms of, this is less of the everyday creative, right? But it's when you're talking about it being everywhere and it loses literally everywhere. You know, we talk about companies innovating or technology, you know, uh, leaping forward. Like that's all because of creative people asking, what if I did this or what happens if, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I think that's, that's so fun. That's exciting. And I really enjoy thinking about it from that perspective too, because, I think, again, we can really lock ourselves, you know, are you a creative person? It's like, well, um, I don't know. Do I, you know, what are the creative things you can do? You can like paint, you can write, you can play music or sing or, you know, but it's so much more than that. And it's so much more than that. And I, I, I love the idea of just living your life in as creative a way possible, you know, like having the ability to adopt a new mindset, even if just for a minute to see something from a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's also that also bringing in that sensitivity and it's just being, it's like being receptive. Yeah. I guess that's essentially what it is. Am I receptive to exploring something that has maybe not been done or it's, I've never done it. Am I, am I receptive to actually an open-handed enough to do it? Right. Yeah. And that's what, and I kind of, yeah, like that kind of was what defines people being more creative than others. They're just more like willing and more open-handed about it. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think that having, it's about humility too. I think you mentioned the word humility earlier and, you know, because I think it can be easy to say, well, I've seen the patterns. I understand how things work, you yep. know, and you can lock yourself to a degree in the box of just thinking that, you know, you've kind of, been there, done that. You've seen it. You understand it. It's fine. Like I know how to get to work every day. I know how to make breakfast every day or, you know, Oh, a job needs to be done. I know how to do that job. I've done it a hundred times. Yeah. You know, but you know, some of the craziest innovations in the history of the world have been like, okay, well sure. We know how to do that job, but can we do it any differently? Can we do it any better? Yeah. You know? And so that's how can we take eggs, an example like that and just apply it to like everyday life, which by the way, I'm not supremely great at. Like I said, like my wife is tremendously good at like, okay, like how can we change our schedule so that yeah. like it functions better for our family? Like what, the right. kids have a really hard time in the afternoons. Why is that? Like, what can we do differently? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know, you know, because I look at the schedule. I also, I'm terrified by schedules. So <laughs> that's part of it. So don't ask me to make one, but it, what would that, uh, there's there's gotta be a phobia <laughs> right phobia. there's gotta be a label for it schedule phobia yeah schedule phobia <laughs> that's funny probably i've got that yeah definitely <laughs> um anyway but that being said um yeah questions like that that she asks that i think are interesting be- to me and it, it's fun for me to experience her version of creativity you know because i tend to experience it you know, oh, I'm going to write or I'm going to, you know, try to do something that is probably maybe a little bit more traditionally creative. Like I'm going to do a podcast, you know, content creation. Right. But yeah, you know, she's, she's using that problem solving creativity all the time, whether it's here at home or whether it's at work, you know, she's a, a special ed teacher. And so that's, 
trying to figure out like, Hey, I, I have students that need specialized instruction, right? What's a way that I can offer them specialized instruction according to their needs. Yeah. And there's what, 20, 30 oh, in her class or something. Well, yeah, well, she, so she has like a caseload of students that are across like all these different classes that she has to, okay. to manage. And I forget she must have like 30 plus in her caseload. I can't remember exactly. Oh, so you've so, got to come up with 30 different ways to educate. Yeah. And one, thankfully that's one of the fun things too, is that like you have the tried and true ways that you know that like, Oh, if you offer this yeah. student, this accommodation, we know that will work for this kind of student, you know? Yeah. But then right. you, you have got a, those you difficult have kids, then, you know, it's like, Oh, I've yeah. got a student with like really bad autism and I, what I've been doing isn't working. So how can I fix that problem? Right. You know, like you, if you really yeah. actually think about it, the amount of creativity that goes into not even just special education teaching, but teaching in general, right? Like yeah. I've been teaching this material this way, you know, for this term and it's not, it's not registering with the kids. How can I teach it differently? So a teacher yeah. might be an example of like your everyday creative type, right? Yeah, I, I agree. And if you're a good teacher, you want your students to be engaged, right? You Absolutely. want them to be like, okay, yeah. I think it's really easy for teachers to start focusing on just memorize this because these are the answers to the test so that right. we all get out of here with good good marks essentially i think it, it from my perspective and, and from what i've experienced and that you know that's just my how, my perspective and my opinion but i think good, really good teachers are able to teach and educate in a way that keeps kids engaged and gets them asking questions gets them thinking differently could it be that the the great teachers are the ones that maybe inspire creativity to a degree i would be as bold as to say yes to yeah. answer yes to the question i think so you know i think back to to teachers that have been impactful in in my own life and they're the ones that I think got me asking questions and got me thinking differently mm -hmm. than I was already thinking, which yep. we've established can be an act of creativity. It is. So, yeah, I, I, I think those are the teachers that, that definitely like excel and that, that become recognized for it. I think, yeah, or at least they should, they should. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, I, I, this is the thing that I, as always, been one of my questions that I, I haven't really asked many teachers, but it's like, how do you, I mean, if you've been teaching for 15, okay, 10, 15, 20 years, how, how do you not, I mean, how do you stay outside of that monotony? Mm -hmm. Because I imagine you would kind of start to, it's the same curriculum, the same thing. It's like, it starts becoming the same. And if you're creative, and you're tapped into that creativity, I imagine you are able to make it, you are able to learn and be like, and, and get feedback from your kids and being like, okay, we're going to tweak this. Yeah. We're going to tweak this to make it better. So people are more engaged or asking more questions, you know, just, yeah, those are the things that I would like to know. You yeah, know so I'd like to ask any, any that. teachers that are listening, let us know what, what your process is. One of the things that, that, yeah comes to mind for me being married to a teacher. Um, I feel like you can be teaching literally the same curriculum 
which I, I agree. Like my first reaction is like, Ooh, that sounds monotonous. You know, it sounds like doing that yes. for 40 years would get tiring. However, right. you don't have the same kids for 40 years. Right. And True. each set of kids is going to come with their own set of challenges and they're going to be good at certain things as a class. They're going to be, you know, they're going to have a difficult time with certain things as a class. You're going to have individual students. that are going to have particular problems, maybe learning disabilities, or maybe they're going to be bad at math or, you know, whatever it is. And those are like moments in within like the structure that you've already established to reach out and engage with the creativity at that point. Like, Oh, okay. I've got this kid that, you know, he's way behind in math and I got to figure out why, Hey, what's going on? And you ask the questions yep. and you work with them and you see, okay, well, they really struggle with X, Y, Z. So how can I engage creatively with them to solve that problem, to figure out how I can present this material to them in a way that's going to help them overcome that, that struggle. Yeah. And I think that probably if I had to guess, I've not been a teacher before and I've not taught for 40 years, but if I had to guess, there's probably a lot of excitement in that on a year to year basis and day to day basis, even just trying to engage with those students you know, a little bit differently. The, yeah. And the thought that I agree with you. And I think in the thought that I have too, is I'm sure that is almost maybe not addicting, but so fulfilling when, when a kid gets it, mm, the light bulb, like on, right? that light bulb moment, you know, our logo, yeah. uh, when you have the light bulb <laughs> moment, you're like, Oh, I get it. When you're living creativity. <laughs> <laughs> Roll the song, Jordan. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should do that sometime. Yeah. We should do have, that. Have you, have you seen uh, <laughs> like some some uh, <laughs> there's a, a YouTube channel called Cinema Sins? Have you seen it okay. before? No. So so basically, what they do is they they will take any movie and watch it, and then they basically go through the film and like every moment there's like something to critique, they add a sin. Right. And so like the worst movies get the, the most sins and um, every one of the things that they do almost every time reliably is uh, whenever the name of the film comes up in the dialogue of the movie, they'll be yeah. like roll credits. And then it's just like, they actually, you know, re-edit it as if the movie's rolling the credits right now or whatever. And it's just, so funny. It's not funny because I had to explain it. So anyone who's listening, <laughs> just go watch it for yourself. I promise if you it. enjoy movies and film critics or critiques, you'll enjoy it. Okay. Anyway, that was a little That's aside. Awesome. So yeah, we can <laughs> roll credits, I guess, on the podcast. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Living Creativity Podcast. We hope you found value in today's discussion and are feeling inspired to live out your creative life. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links to any resources we may have mentioned and to join our Discord community where you can connect with other creatives. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any ideas or feedback you'd like to leave us, you can drop it in the appropriate channel on the Discord server or you can send us an email at livingcreativitypodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us, the best way to do so is by leaving a rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening from. Thanks again, and as always, keep creating. Thank you.